What are we talking about? You. Um, and <laughs> so it's, it's kind of it's where you've come subject. from and then what you're doing now and what you're into in terms of your food and so on. So how long have you been a chef? Uh, 30 years. And was yeah. It, is that something you always wanted to be? or is... Since I was six. Six, wow. Yeah, I told my grandmother. That's nice. I told my grandmother that I was going to be a chef, a policeman or a fireman. <laughs> but I discovered alcohol and cigarettes, yes. so uh, basically, uh, so it was, it was chefing. And yeah. she was teaching me how to cook. Okay. So yeah, she ran a farm, or they had a farm in New Zealand. Okay. Kokora. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. It's um, a rich part of the, in yeah, terms of yeah. food and like seafood yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we used to get crayfish delivered to the door. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful Sports, down that side. Spopsies, yeah. yeah. So awesome. And so did you um, then do your apprenticeship in New Zealand? Uh, yeah, I worked at a place called Clifford House in the old days, which was a banqueting, wedding reception thing yep. uh, at Iraqi Basin in Auckland, um, which in its day was made, it was owned by P&O actually in its day, and it was there really to rival... Back in those days, you could only have a wedding or a function at like the Four Seasons, the Sheraton, or so forth. Mm. Um, so that was designed to do that. We opened wow. that, and it was it was pretty high end. It was, it was good stuff. You know, there was a whole crew, seven chefs, and everything was house and handmade. Um, Takashi Nakamura was the executive chef. He used to be the ex Japanese ambassador. Wow. Okay. Chef, and then he ran uh, the fine dining restaurant at Sheraton for okay. a number of years. And then from there, I went and worked at Roxburgh Bistro for a little while in Wellington with Mark Wimicka. And then Shed 5, seafood restaurant. Yep. Then back up to Auckland uh, to work at Kermit Egg, back with Takashi. Oh, no, that was a bit later. Yeah, a few other little places. And then I went to the UK. Okay. Like everyone. Yeah. And um, because... The UK was an epiphany. Oh, well, it was just, it was just, it was all about cooking. Yep. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because 30 years ago um, in New Zealand, even though, I mean, you're working at really good places, but I don't know that New Zealanders were really totally ready for oh, hell no. great food. Not and, at all. Um, and we no. hadn't even discovered our own identity as producers of good food, as, in Zero. terms of, like, supplies and so on as well. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, the only thing that anyone knew about New Zealand was lamb. Yes. And I went to the UK to work for guys that were like, I don't ever want to see a piece of New Zealand lamb on a plate. Which was fair enough. I mean, I didn't understand it about back, you know, the relationship back then. But, you know, working for at Leith's in Soho, and, you know, he, you know, it was truly seasonal. Like, you know, we only got salmon when Scottish salmon was in season. Yeah. You know, a dry-aged beef, which is something we do here, but dry-aged beef was the norm. So we would get a full set of rib and we would bone it out and roll it and it would become a scotch fillet. And they didn't, you know, I mean, they did care about the wastage, but they didn't care about the wastage. Yeah. I mean, you just use the bones and so forth and all that wow. sort of stuff. But it, it how it was, you know, and it was, you know, it was, um, Alex bought, you know, proper brown leg chicken for France because the chicken industry was dire in the UK at that stage. Um, and all our fish was from, you know, Cornwall or up the coast further. And all our oysters were from Ireland. Yeah. Scampi was flown in every Tuesday and Thursday, live, from, you know, proper massive scampi, like, off the chart. 
which we turned into a prawn cocktail. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. It was really, like, for me, that was really, like, sort of, it, it was interesting. And in terms of um, technique, were there things you needed to relearn or... Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Like most things. Yeah. 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 I mean, source work especially. Source work was, I mean comes down to you know the simple economics of the situation you know the, the way it is here now you know mm. you can't employ someone just to do sauce unless you're you know at a five-star restaurant here you know you have to teach everyone to do it so that everyone has the capability mm. but those things are not also base skills are not also taught to people that go to these colleges or these made-up cooking schools that they go to to get visas these days no none of them know how to make a mayonnaise a, a, a bechamel or a, a dark chicken stock or a light chicken stock mm. you know, or even just a fish stock so how do you go with that then um, jumping to now because I, I've spoken the other chefs I've spoken to they even say that because of you know having to watch the hours that the, the young ones are working and so on as well you can't even really teach filleting a fish you can't you've just got to it takes a lot of time to train up a young person so you've got to do just the what's necessary what, how do you feel about that well I think it's a shame a lot of them don't actually want to learn at the same time though mm. they all expect everything on a plate mm. which I think is the the after effect of Master Chef and, you know, of course you know, yeah. where they I'm not saying MasterChef is bad. I mean, it's not my chosen choice of television. Um, but I think it, it's a very made-up, you know, representation of, of, of the market. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, none of them actually really go on to run real restaurants, do they? No. Maybe I think it's three. Yeah. Yeah, two of them are pastry. But I think it's a sign of the times, so though. It, it happens in other industries as well. I'm, I'm a teacher as well as um, a writer, and um, really the students, they, they can learn a lot. They can learn a lot off the internet, and so they I believe they can go straight into these incredible jobs of graphic design or whatever it is, or marketing and brand, because it's, you know, it's all of those things. I think yeah. it's, it is a, probably quite a generational thing as well. Well, I find it more beneficial to teach some of the other guys that are really in that age group between 25 and... 30 odd mm. you know and then if the the ones that are on LADA or you know those sort of sections start to show some more promise which is how it was in the old days anyway I mean if you didn't show any effort or blah 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 one you'd lose your job automatically mm. and two that you, you wouldn't you wouldn't learn anything you'd just end up being sitting in the same restaurant doing the same job for three years which is like well what's the point yeah so um, yeah it's a bit of a shame I think I feel very sorry for a lot of these kids that, especially the ones that go to these visa schools and spend so much money and, you know, they're not really getting taught no. enough. There's no regulation anyway. So. And, but do you think if they've got a real passion they can, um, they yeah, can pick I think it up themselves? No, yes. then they seek out good places to work, don't yes. they, and to learn but, that yeah, way. Yeah, I've met a couple. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's, like, everyone's like that. No, but, that's right. You know, there's, it's, you know... People want to think that. I wonder how many CVs to to Attica get a week. Mm. You know, probably 150. You know, you put an ad here. You know, 42 hours, uniforms, two days off in a row, close for Christmas. Get three people. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad it is. Yeah. But they don't want to let more people in the country. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, that's right. And like, I don't hold out much hope for 
industry as such. Yes, well, what, what will that mean, though? Well, that means that it'll become cooking by numbers. So, you know, the, the fast food chains will become food of convenience. Mm. Hopefully Uber dies in the ass. Well, it won't. Um, yeah, it'll be cooking by numbers. Fast food will become like family restaurants. Yeah. And then you'll have chains mm. that have centralised production kitchens. Mm. And, you know, which is what it was like 20 years ago in London. Like the fish brand that, that opened up. You know, I went for a job there. I was like, oh, yeah, really into seafood. And like, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, it's not like that. And I'm like, what is it? She goes, you do this, this, and this fresh every day. Everything else comes from the production kitchen. Oh. And, but, but that, they, they didn't have, you know, like premium, premium space. Yeah. So here's, here's the premium space. Kitchen's this big. Mm. Everything turns up, wrapped up. Just put it in your, in your, in your beautiful kitchen drawers. Mm. You cook hardcore for four hours. Have a break, come back, cook for four hours. Clean the kitchen, go. Mm. It's soulless though, isn't it? Totally. Mm. And then I think that maybe, maybe there'll be a room for small suburban restaurants. You know, back in the, like... Even in Melbourne, you know, Melbourne would takes itself so seriously as a yeah, centre of come, well. I think those food. those people that can afford to live in those areas will will eat in those local diners because they, yeah, you know, they don't necessarily want to go all the way to the city and spend one hundred fifty dollars on a plate of food. Yeah, six courses. Yeah, but how's it going here for now? You'd get a lot of people in here now, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's it's building up. Mm. It's I think it's um, uh, opening a large venue is more interesting than opening a small one. If you know <laughs> yes, what I mean. yes. Um, so yeah, but it's it's getting busier. And, and when did you take over? A couple of months ago, was it? Or? Uh, after Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was working with Morgan. That's okay. Why, that's why I came here to work. Really. Yeah. Coming to work with Morgan, which was great while he was here, and yes. his wife Trish. It was awesome. Yeah. So I'm just really trying to carry on with what they, you know, what we we all originally sat down to start out, which was you know a bit of produce, obviously produce driven menu. You know, we um, have quite a good relationship with them. And now, but butcher in Tasmania, I mean, it's not exactly local, but it's a great product mm. and it's dry aged beef. We get a lot of dry aged beef from them because they don't have. Um, so it's easier to get older dry okay. aged beef. Oh, okay. So like, you know, today we got 75 day dry aged T-bones. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of that. And then we use a couple of other local Victorian butchers to okay. get some of the Victorian beef O'Connors, um, Ravensworth, that sort of stuff. Yeah. All grass fed. I only buy a little bit of grain via Wagyu. Um, you know, pick up a little bit of share wagyu shortly. Yeah. Put on the menu, so it's a little bit more that local representation. Mm. Yeah, it's good. And so, how do you go about? Because there's a quite, sort of a specific focus on. Is it, is it New York style still? Well, it's heralded as that. It's but. heralded as that. Yeah, I mean, they fit out obviously. It's sure. very that way. And we started off. I mean, like we're doing one kilo ribeyes. It's steak. It's steak and sides. So you're buying a prime piece of meat. Club steaks, you know, 500 gram porterhouses dry aged on the bone, mm. um, rotisserie, you know, that sort of thing. So it is still a little bit Americana. Mm. You know, we use um, pork ribs, chicharrons, 
Yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, your ideas for the menu then, do you, um, is, it, is it new for you to cook in this Americana styles? Or? Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, it's not really Americana now. I, mean, I, I, would, I would probably say it's crossing it. Nice. Into modern Australian, I suppose, yeah. you know, yeah. modern contemporary. Uh, we use a couple of like smaller farms so that we're buying seasonal, yeah. actual seasonal produce. And I personally, as I go along cooking more and more, I mean, as much as I love a good steak, like I think vegetables and textures are, you know, are definitely where I, it's what I cook at home. Yeah. Sort of yeah, okay. That's so, yeah, like the asparagus, you know, buy the asparagus, clean up the ends, cut them all down to the right size, but take all those little bits and pickle the little bits. Yeah, nice. And then we're shaving it raw, and then we char grill it, and then it's a green harissa, uh, green tahini, buckwheat, and then um, from Somerset Heritage, we use all her leaves. She has great array of leaves, you know, golden frill mustard leaves, mizuna, red amaranth, that sort of thing. So that's sort of like more like that. And then like the burrata, which is like pickled rhubarb, um, salsa verde, and then just make a tongue cracker. So really it's trying to be that three to four ingredients. Nice. You know, tying it in. Yeah. And do they come together from your... um, your repertoire from a wealth of years of working with ingredients or do you are you are you a book uh, I'm a book guy yeah. yeah definitely a book I probably I mean as you get older it's a lot harder to learn things unless you are reading books I suppose really because I mean you're trying to teach everyone else yeah you're not really learning anything that's right so I mean you learn from eating yeah going out um, and books but I mean a, a lot of the the vegetable Based stuff that's on the menu at the moment that I'm buying. Um, yeah, that was sort of like accumulation of and what I enjoy to eat, really. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. I think that's probably a natural progression, though, you know, as you get older. Yeah. You eat this meat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right down from, I probably eat meat once a week. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I know sometimes you can't, I mean, you can't always cook what you want to cook um, as a chef. Uh, no. But, so I guess you've got to be open to, do you have to be open, to be open, open to trends? Are you into, uh, or is it more how you feel the food fits in with that? Yeah, it's more how I feel. I'm not as open to trends. I mean, like, especially like. If, yeah, if you went to fusion, I'd be like, oh, well, I could just recook everything I did when I was in New Zealand in the <laughs> yeah. early 90s. That's right. Because, you know, soy beurre blanc and, you know, things like that. But, it, it, you know, it was, I think it was very reflective of New Zealand back then, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm not much for trends. And, you know, what's the trend at the moment? Well, it's been pastry for the last year. You know, croissants, loon, you know, all these sort of mm. guys, which are an amazing product. Mm. And I think that, like, those sort of guys have been great for the industry because it means you don't, you know, people know that you don't have to go and buy a shit yes. croissant from Bloody Coles. No. I mean, you have to pay seven bucks for it, but... Yeah. It, yeah, it's going to oh, be yeah. the best thing you eat. Oh, absolutely. Better than yeah. some of the ones I've had in France. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I was just there, so... Yeah. Yeah, I was just there, 
Philip Contatini, like, whoa. Like, just in a satellite shop, because it was near the hotel, like, pastries was just yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like crazy. And we went to another one, Panda E, which is like quite a famous bread shop slash, slash bakery. Mm. And the pastries there were like, I think the woman was quite shocked because I was just there with my son. And I was like, oh, I'm probably one way. She's like, yeah. And I was like, one, 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 She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I want them all. <laughs> I want the lot. I want the lot because A, I need a photo, and B, I want to try them all. Yeah. And they were, yeah, they were amazing. But it's the butter. Yeah, that's right. And I also think their flour's different. Their bread is, you know, they're not all getting gluten intolerances over there and they eat bread all the time. It's a because different... it's, it's not bleached. Mm. It's not bleached. But, I mean, like, now you don't have to buy that bread here. No, that's right. That's true. Yeah. You know, North Cat, a lot of these guys are now milling their own. Mm. That also takes, I would say, would take out 50% of the gluten intolerance. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. You know, yeah. So when you are travelling or even going to restaurants here, are you um, able to s- step outside of being a chef and just really enjoy Five dollar restaurants and... are five dollar restaurants. Yeah. Fifty dollar restaurant it's a fifty dollar restaurant. So yeah. So it better be good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean I won't I don't sure and shit get online and do that crap no. like everyone here does. No. But I would be more inclined to pay the bill. And then say, well, sorry, that wasn't great. Mm. But the rest of it was good. Yeah. I mean, that hasn't happened for a while, I'd say. Yeah. And to say, if you're you're going to France, like, just just Paris or? Yeah, yeah, we just had a week. Do you research? Do you go, I want to go here? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the last one was, um, it was a little bit more wine bar orange-hated, probably for me. Um, just like with my interest with like Morgan into into Vin Nature, you know. Um, but just like having a look at the wine bar situation, because there's a lot of like I mean it's been ten years since I've been here, so it's like there's a lot of crossover businesses there now, right? Like Yardbird and Freddy's. Uh, you know, Freddy's which has got Semia the restaurant inside, which is like modern French, like you know look influence a few bits and pieces and then they've got the wine bar next door and they've got a little kitchen in there and they cook everything over the Japanese it's a bit, you know Bichitan uh, grills like small menu but you still get yeah, you can't get a glass of pastis in there yeah so that's what my wife said when they asked but you know they had some cracking vino and they had some great snacks like yeah. great stacks. Well, nice. And, you know, we went to Eau Desame, you know, which was just brilliant. Now you walk in, you know, it's 1970s for Mica, you know, there's lots of cool kids everywhere, you know, there's a slicer on the bar, you know, the lights were on full full brightness, and you're sitting at a full Mica table, and everything got served in like ceramic um, or um, metal or plastic bowls. But it was all like two euro to eleven euro, yeah, like for a piece. So you know, like, and with it, we got you know egg mayo because you know, I love it, and it like literally like came out like two hard boiled eggs. <laughs> and you had to peel them yourself. My wife's like, are they taking the piss? I'm like, no. And it was just, but it was my kids thought it was the greatest thing. Oh yeah. And they were great eggs. Yes, yeah. And a simple mayo. But then you know, like two minutes later, I'm getting a bowl of uh, oh, just absolutely fantastic ceviche. Mm. 
you know, mackerel, slightly torched, cucumbers, um, you know, a little bit of like, like a blackened lemon squeezed over the top, and then cockles, element, yeah, you know. And my, my daughter's never eaten shellfish in her life, and she was like, oh my god, these are awesome. Yeah. And they were like salty, and you know, and they were so brilliantly cooked. And then, you know, like a, a duck dish where it was mashed potato on top. You know, and then this braised duck has been shredded and then just duck should put it over and that was like 10 euro like, yeah you know, we'll have three things yeah you know it's like shakti is a bit like that except that it's um that, it's that kind of food but they've got all the old fashioned waiters in there yeah and yeah, the, yeah. the big sort of hanging thing on the hook and they write on the um, on, the, on the table the table yeah. and stuff I love yeah. that yeah but it was basic yeah food, you yeah. know and then we were to uh, Relay Comptoir which is like one of you know the old school or new school but doing old school reinventions you know fried wire and marmalade you know it's just awesome awesome. what a week yeah yeah I'm drinking some fry arts yeah Yeah, I had my birthday here oh well my double bonus yeah absolutely yeah so that was pretty cool yeah Yeah, that was really cool it's it's stupid yeah and does that sort of yeah yeah fire you up and yeah it gets me very I mean but it's different over there you know, population is everything. Yes. You know, I mean, that not everyone goes out at 7.30. No. Unlike the rest of Melbourne. Yeah. You know, bars are still serving food at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. And, you know, people are a lot more relaxed. Oh, it's, a whole di- it's a different cultural approach yeah. entirely. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it kind of sad when you come back and yeah. it's like someone's bitching about waiting 25 minutes for their medium well I feel it you know just butterfly no no I won't do that sorry yeah. you know, if you have a medium well you're still going to get the best medium and say so, uh, that's sort of uh, but it does uh, it was very nice to go and have a look absolutely yeah well it's great here though I mean there's a lot of great businesses here yeah. Do you feel like it is a, com- a community of uh, of chefs? Are there certain chefs that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, talk together and share yeah, ideas. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more prevalent as you go higher up the food chain. Yeah. You know, but I mean that that happens because they have more time to do these things. You know, more opportunity. I mean, they have a lot of wine. Yeah. 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 Only talks, and they have to do it too. Keep their PR and their blah blah blah, yeah. you know. But I think that trickles down mm. for sure, mm. and I think it's healthy to mm. have. I think this thing that the um, this grow assembly, you heard about that? So it's run by these. It's run by, but it's a collective of a whole lot of different hospitality people. They seem to be different, doing different style of ones, and so they will have like a coffee company there on the day. Um, you know, someone doing some food and blah blah blah, and then they'll have four or five guest note speakers. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, getting yeah. quite a bit of traction. Okay. Yeah. So That's I really good. want. There was one last week. I really actually really wanted to go. There's quite a. You know, they have a producer, a farmer, a chef, and you know, a sommelier or that sort mm. of scenario. So okay. you know, you get some more product knowledge and you know, so yeah. forth like that. Yeah. So I think it's. I think it. I think it's better. I think maybe that's one advantage of social media that you know you can see these things yes yeah I think that's about it though <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well I mean there's no customer loyalty 
Yeah. Mm. But not like in the old days. No. You know, because they came to your restaurant every week because they wanted to go to your restaurant. Yeah. It's a bit so, shiny, shiny now, isn't it? It's like the new... Totally. Broad tea. Yeah. Concrete playground. Yeah. Whatever the other ones are. I mean, it's just... I mean, it's an, I get it. It's the nature of the beast, but it doesn't, you know... Mm. It's a different, it's a different approach to hospitality, isn't it? Because I guess yeah. the, from you know the idea, and especially in France, is that you do go to your local, and you do have your regular um, places, so, and you build a relationship. And then it's more, it's not just about the food; it's about the whole. So the last deal. lunch we had a, a little place in the in the tenth or the eleventh called Lao before we left. You know, and you go there, and it's you know it's a set deal. It's thirty two euros for two courses, or thirty nine for three, and you know. Guy sat us down, little blackboard menu. I'm just deciphering it in French to English. It's been a while. I've done much kitchen French for a while, and uh, and then I couldn't figure out what this one thing was. And I because it said like Veau de Calais, and I was like, I'm sure that's beef brains. Yeah, you know, and I didn't want to tell my daughter that because she would have just like, wow, oh, And then the guy walked past and he was like, I oh, do you need some help with the menu? And I was like, I'm not sure what that one is. And then it was going through and he goes, oh, Satsuma. I'm like, Mandarin. And he's like, oh my God, you're a chef. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he was the chef, you know, and then he started talking to us, sat down, blah, blah, blah. We just spoke to the wine guy. The wine guy came along. There's no wine list. He's like, oh, what do you like? I was like, oh, a bit of vintage, no sulfur would be great. We've got some examples, otherwise I'm happy to go with the recommendation. So he comes out and just plonks seven bottles on the table. He's like, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and that one. I'm like, and they're all pretty reasonably priced. And I was like, I'll try that one, and then we'll follow up with that one. Yeah, and then the guy was coming through, and he was interacting with the kids. You know, and it was like, the, the one I couldn't decipher was like a old school French dish, like made out of fresh, like a, a fresh cow milk curd. So they make it in the morning. And they used to say it was like br- looked like brains because oh, it sits yeah. like that. Nice. Yeah, and then it just came with some grilled bread, some diced marinated peppers, which I was very surprised that she ate. And um, yeah, with some grilled bread. But then, like, I had a wild green um, hazelnut, grated fresh hazelnut, parsley, and mandarin tartar, which was just. Yeah. And then for a main, I had squid, the whole squid just chopped up, cooked in its own juices with some confit fennel and a little like delicious like pilaf on the side. But Violet had roast chicken, which was actually rooster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, she just thought it was the best thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, it came out like this. Mm. But then. Yeah, and then we had dessert, cheese, and then he sat down and spoke to us for like half yeah. an hour while you know, gave me a tour of the kitchen. And but that, that to me is what it's all about, is that creating food memories done well. and yeah, but just oh, the whole thing, memories. yeah, rather than yeah, he photo bombed the photo the kids took, yeah. you know. Yeah. It was, like, It'll be remember that time we had that yeah. food. Yeah. Oh, the kids still bang yeah. on about it. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what it's for me. Yeah. You know, making. Banana bread with my grandmother, you know, making muffins, you know, yeah. making these like scones where she used to roll the dough up and put butter and golden syrup and brown sugar. So when you cook them, they caramelize on the bottom. Yeah, nice. Or my grandfather making, you know, when my grandmother used to play bridge once every once every two weeks, you know, on Tuesday night, 
you know, used to make griddle scones. <laughs> My mum made made griddle scones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then we'd eat them with gold, sorry. Yeah. But like, it's gone. Like, yeah. you know, like I would go and buy a griddle just to do that with my I kids. I was thinking about that the other day. That's the, the one and only thing my grandfather ever cooked. <laughs> like the entire time of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so. That's the best. Yeah. Thank you. Much. That's all I right. I think that's perfect. Yeah. I just cool. need a photo of you. Yeah.